Today, I'm talking to Brian Hopper in Seattle with Realogic's Sotheby's International Realty. This is Brian's second interview and episode 251. His first interview with me on Jerry Metcalf podcast was episode 77 in June of 2018. That's over three and a half years ago. In that interview, we talked about best practices from the listing appointment to technology, where Brian shared some of the best tools and resources in that interview. Many, if not most of them, I took on and implemented for my own team. Since then, Brian has increased his volume and more than doubled his average sales price. Today, Brian shares what he changed in his business since episode 77 and how to shift your business to the next level. Thanks for listening to the Jerry Metcalf podcast, where top real estate agents tell how they do it. This podcast was created for real estate agents across the country to come together, sharing ideas to take your, their, and our business to the next level. All right, everybody, it's the Jerry Metcalf podcast where real estate agents tell how they do it. And we have back on the show since episode 77. We'll talk more about that in a minute. But Brian Hopper with Realogic Sotheby's International Realty in Seattle. Brian, thanks for coming on. Jerry, so good to see you. How are you? Good to see you. I'm pretty fabulous. How are you? Doing well, doing well. It's a, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Seattle, which is rare. Um, oh, wow. It must be so, a sign. Yeah, it's, you know, where we live here, it's, it's funny, especially the Californians, because we actually talk about it when the sun comes out. I mean, people will say to each other, it's sunny, and they'll post it on Instagram. And you're like, I know, I, I can look, I see it, I get it, you know, but it, it's kind of a big deal. So I'm, I'm liking it. That's, that reminds me, I lived in England for a while. It, wasn't a, it was long enough, like over six months. And it was like that. It was like, sun so yay right <laughs> yeah it, it, it's awesome it's always sunny in atlanta or not always but a lot it changes fast enough if it's not sunny it will be in about five minutes so love it well thank you for having me on it's good to be back good to catch up with you and uh, i'm looking forward to our next in-person event where we can um, see each other and see so many familiar faces so well thank you it's everybody last time brian the episode the episode we did was um number 77 and we are going to be at about 250 when this one comes out so that's been a couple of years and we talked about from the listing presentation because we talked about the listing presentation and you everybody if you haven't listened to episode 77 brian literally goes and i think you list i don't remember it right now but you list like I think it was like your top 10, but you listed several technology. Like I literally left that interview and implemented half, at least half of them. Love it. Love it. Was, it. it was amazing. So today we're going to talk more about that. Give us a quick recap on, obviously you're a top real estate agent and top real estate agent in Seattle. Give us a recap on where you are today, including this gorgeous rendering of a property that you have listed and under construction in Seattle and everything you're doing. And we'll go from there. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, so I'm out of Seattle, born and raised here, uh, 45, married 20 years, two kids, and loving life. Um, I feel like I'm just now figuring it out at age 45. And by figuring it out, I'm, I mean that I'm learning I know nothing. <laughs> like, I'm just now figuring that out. <laughs> I know nothing. 
Once so you know, you know nothing great. and you can get somewhere, right? You can learn something. Yeah, you can learn something. So yeah, I'm, um, I'm at my office today in Seattle here. It's a beautiful, gorgeous day. Uh, we've got six offices. This year has been incredible, super grateful. So I'll close out uh, a little over 60 million, about 62. Wow. Uh, average price point is like one nine. And then our, our average sale here in the cities uh, about 879 to 900K. So really like those numbers. And it's a big year for us. We've had some incredible fun listings um, and just a great year. So super well, grateful. Especially that we'll, we had like five to choose from for the interview and I finally landed on this one for a backdrop. So tell us a little bit about, well, first of all, give us your team structure and then let's talk about how you got into business and- Yeah, um, you're looking at it. So, um, no, joking. I was going to uh, say, we talked about your team earlier, but yeah, 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 100%. Uh, so I've, I, I did have a team. I kind of deconstructed it a bit to where I'm truly not managing people now, uh, which is, is super fun. Love it. And I do a ton of referrals with other agents. So I grew up like um, about an hour south of the city. So born in Seattle, then grew up kind of in the country and now back to the city. Um, so I have a guy uh, that I work with about an hour south who was, is in the brand as well, of course. And he helps me out down there tremendously. Um, and then I work with a couple other local agents. I, I'm more called partner agents. So yeah. it, it's a team in the sense, but it's not like, hey, we're doing a team meeting today or we're doing a team Zoom. Um, I don't have to manage people or, or provide like their marketing. Um, so my wife and I, Nicole, we work together very well. She's a designer. and, and does interiors for our listings and then has her own interior business as well. And then um, I have an assistant and um, I mean, I, I feel like my photographer and videographer, like my team, basically, you know, that's like my well, that kind of, You're kind of the face of your business, right? So 100%. you've got, it, you used, you had a team and now, yeah. and it's interesting how it was, you get into luxury. A lot of times it's either like you're a team is a big job or you go, you, you leverage the marketing and the infrastructure of Sotheby's. You have partner yeah. agents, depending on the deal. You've got yeah. a fabulous assistant and you've got a wife who really makes a nice connection with her experience and what she does in staging and interior design. Yeah, hundred percent. Exactly right. Exactly right. And, and that was the goal was to simplify. And through that, with incredible systems, we've been able to accomplish even more. So love it. So you talk about incredible systems. What do you mean? Like what just are being consistent. And, you know, with Sotheby's, we're a listing brand. We have the tools in place for listings. We're, we're heavy on the listing side. Um, and we can also have incredible buyer brokers, of course, and, and like myself, do both. Um, but on the listing side, I think it's most important to have your systems in place mm -hmm. with your clients, with your vendors, and having consistent go-to people that can really help you each step of the way. So when you do get a new listing, it just, it comes into play and, and you stick with what you've done. So for us, that's heavy communication. Um, like I'll use the same marketing plan template for most of my listings and then tweak it out per price point or geographic area. So when I, like, if I had a listing appointment call come in and they want to meet tonight at seven, I could be prepped and ready to go and not be that person scrambling around the office. I mean, we've heard Thomas Wright say, like, you always know that person has a listing appointment because they're running around pulling their hair out, um, printing this and, and commanding people to, can you put this together? And, um, and that's great. That's great. For me, I, I like to have it a little more streamlined 
and, and try and have less chaos where I can control it. And that's through systems and through repetitive systems. And it doesn't mean they don't change or evolve because you have to in this business or you get left behind, right? So, well, right. And the, here's the common denominator with you, because I think when we interviewed a few years ago, you were more focused on the team and the systems for that. Since then, you've more simplified and focused really more on the clients you serve and listings and just provide doing the best service possible to buyers and listings. But the one common thing with with this is streamline and less yep. chaos. Yep. And third, what we talked about before we started recording was habits. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. So you've come like, what do you think your biggest lesson is from just in your because you've been in business? Is it 20 years? Did we say? Uh, so, yeah, 18. Yeah, 17, 18. 18, right? In between. It's months separation, but who's counting? So. Right, well, like, I'm, we're, I'm like, class of 03 for real estate. How about that? I think I'm about there, too. This is scary. The yeah. things we have in common, except we're on completely like opposite. We couldn't be unless we, you were in Hawaii or Alaska. And I was yeah. a little further south, like in Miami, we couldn't be much further apart anyway. Yeah, exactly. So for you, the key to success is know your client, know your business, streamline. Yeah. And have grid habits. Would that kind of say it? Yeah, it, it does. And, and for me, it starts, I think it's got to be somewhat holistic, right? I mean, it's, and, and I won't say balance. I think balance is overrated. But for me, it starts out, uh, it's a simple little um, saying that gets stuck in my head, sweat before screen. And for me, what that means is when I'm Wait, when I wake sweat up in the before, morning, say that again to make sure we heard it. Sweat. Yeah, yeah, no, sweat before screen. Okay. So it's not rolling out of bed, hopping on like uh, the gram, right, as my 16-year-old says, um, or, or checking your email per se, but like getting active and getting movement. And um, I'm sure a lot of us have read Magic Mornings. Um, there's a great new book, Magic Mornings for Parents, which I love as well. But having that morning that you are in control, you get out of bed, you have movement, whether that being, means you go to the gym, you hop on the Peloton, um, or go to your, your mat um, downstairs, wherever it is where you live. But having movement through stretching or yoga or, or weights or whatever it is to start the day and get the blood flowing, breathing deep. Um, before you hop on and take in the news of the day. I think, I think today, especially in our business, we're, we're so attached to our phones. If nothing else is coming in, we don't rest. And I don't know if we're looking for that dopamine hit per se, but we mm -hmm. are, we're wanting to, to just cycle. No, no, no. And see what's happening. Um, and that means we're now moved on to news sources perhaps, or, we're checking what's trending on Twitter because we don't have an email we're waiting for. Where for me, instead, I'm, what I'm trying to do and practicing is taking that time to rest per se, or jump right into an activity. Um, I don't think like physiologically either as humans, like we're designed to be able to handle the weight of knowing everything, even oh. ha happening in the world, right? Like on a broader scale. Yeah. And so, what I, I guess what, for me, it started with, I, I had a, a tendency to like check all my emails and then start checking the news locally. And then I'd go to world news and then I'd go to ESPN and maybe not always in that order. I'd start with sports center sometimes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I got up at 5.15 and it's like seven and I haven't even done my workout. Um, and those are slightly exaggerations, but I really had to about three years ago, um, get back to just having that morning time to get 
get going and get moving. And it, it rhymes, but not having to know, like not knowing, um, get going and not knowing. <laughs> well, it's really like, like back to your point, you have capacity, you only have a capacity. Like, yeah. Even though we real estate agents like to think we can do it all. It's, yeah, totally. but what are you going to focus on? What do you want to grow bigger? Totally. And we don't need to have, have it all, but you can have what you choose. Watch what you choose. What do you Totally, what you yeah. And we have, I think we have a tendency in this business too, to always feel like you need to be doing and you need to strive more and do more and subscribe to this and buy zip codes. And did you send those mailers out? And did you check clothes? Did you check your spreadsheet? Did you put those addresses here? And you can start to feel like, oh my gosh, like I worked 14 hours today and I have an assistant. Um, and I don't think that's right. I, I think we need to turn off some of the noise and even some of the noise in our industry. And, and this is just me like with my own convictions. I'm not saying anyone else should do this. But for me, it was, it really kind of, I guess it brewed with going to quite a few Inman's and he, everything was about CRMs. Do you have a CRM? Like, I'm like, if I hear CRM one more time, I'm like, gag, you know, have you done clothes? Do you have contactually? Like, do you have all these CRMs? And I think a lot of us, especially maybe newer to the industry, are like, what the heck? Like, how are these yeah. things going on? This, all they do is talk about systems. How do they even have time to sell? Um, and so I had to isolate and figure out, okay, what systems am I going to use? What am I not going to use? And I've even reeled it back a little bit, even since our last podcast of like, yes, systems are, are amazing, but just do what works for you. And, and I guess I would end this by this little tangent by just saying like encouraging, um, what I've done for me is, is to not try and drink from the fire hose, especially the fire hose of the brand and find things that work for you find things that you can grab onto and, and take, but also making sure you rest and knowing that you don't always have to be doing or don't always have to have the latest and greatest um, or do Boomtown or do this or do that because there's so many different things coming at us. So really, have you read the book Essentialism? Yes, uh, Greg, Greg McCallan. Yeah. Yeah, it is. So yeah. Um, Jeff Wilson recommended that to me a few months ago, but yeah. it's what's essential. Yeah, totally. Because when totally you do right. it all, you, you can't you, like what's essential. Yeah, so yeah. everybody who hasn't read that book, it's like it's it's there's so many things become, becoming successful. The guy who wrote the yeah. book and most of us say just say yes to lots of things. Then you get really successful and you want to get to the next level. <laughs> so you go, I'll just say yes to more things. And then you can yeah. say yes to so many things. So then you go, wait, yeah. now it's the in, now it's the inverse. Now I've got to be careful yeah. what I say yes to and do. And then do that to my best, because so if true. you don't rest, that he actually got really sick, and it's exactly your message. So give us your story on the impact. So it's like, okay, look, focus, streamline, simplify, do what you do at its highest level. How, what what happened that you learned that? What exactly can you tell us you changed? And then give us the impact at the end of the day for that. See, look for me, for me, this isn't a hobby. Uh, mm -hmm. this is this is my livelihood and so it has to be sustainable i mean i have at least another 25 years of doing this well you're only so, 25 so that makes sense yeah <laughs> if everybody's been listening from the beginning he's already been doing this almost 20 years but go ahead yeah <laughs> yeah exactly right so what i wanted to do was focus more on on where what's really the centerpiece of of all of this and it's people it's it's people, right? And so I think to be in this business, A, you have to love people. 
And you have to love people so much that sometimes you have to um, encourage them and, and show them value in something they may not see it in. And believe it or not, that's actually what sales is. That's called sales. So I focus more on selling and focus more on my clients. And so I'll unpack those real quick. So selling before to me, I thought was like a, a bad word, right? I, I initially raised in the industry, thought it was throw them in a minivan on a Saturday, which I never actually owned a minivan. Um, and, right. But yeah. throw them in a minivan on a Saturday and you're a tour guide. You show them the best restaurants, you show them a few houses and then they make the decision. And that's not it. Like the most successful top brokers are not tour guides. Um, I had a case in point. I had a great, great client about two months ago. I sold the home to him two years ago here in Seattle. And he was, he wasn't sure he liked it. It wasn't even his favorite one. And I, I let him know. I said, this is a fantastic area. It's up and coming. You're going to love it. And I know it's the same floor plan as the house next door, but it's, it's flip-flopped. He didn't like that part. I said, this is just, trust me, this is where you want to be. This is it. This is going to be the one. And he wasn't sure. Like I, I had to talk to numerous people on his team before he made the decision. Wow. Um, and I felt like I was really selling him on it because I knew like after everything we looked at, this was the best one for him. It met all of his needs. He just didn't know it yet. Well, fast forward uh, two years and a few months ago, I got a call from him. He said, you probably saw the house next door sold for 300 more than I bought mine for. Thank you so much for getting me in that home. Thank you for letting me know what I didn't know at the time, what was good for me. I'm so glad you did that. And if I would have kind of stayed laissez-faire and be like, hey, no problem, we'll get the next one. It's all good. Mm -hmm. He wouldn't have gotten this one, which proved to be the one. And well, so we're, yeah. But, but it's real estate, like you've got these other companies who actually do have tour guides and you have people, and if you've ever done a transaction yep. with them, they usually end up hiring the listing agent by the time they're done because they realize the frustration. Because we have the insight, we're on the ground, we know. That's why like, there's certain technologies that do not replace us no matter what, because that totally. insight is not gonna go away yeah. as an agent. Like being a person in a house, I don't, the Matterport tours don't even do it. The insight, right. So back yeah. to the, that's such a great point. I think everybody wants to be their own CEO in this business. And there's a lot of that. And not that there's not a place for that, but when you get into real estate, you got in, like, what did you get into it for? Like, what did you initially come into this business for? Yeah, no, that's, that's was it to be the CEO or did you learn you love to sell? Um, well, and I want to answer that, but just to back up too, real quick. So the second part of that was, was transition from tour guide to sales. And then twofold was the second part was diving into my database, diving into my clients and funneling a ton of different resources into my client database, into my clients. And to unpack how that looks, it was, it, it, and I, I learned some different tips from some of our resort market colleagues who clients fly in, they show them three properties and they fly out. Most of the time, our resort market properties are, or uh, colleagues are, taking them for lunch, taking the clients to lunch, or they're meeting them for dinner um, because they're only in town for a few days. And, you know, here in Seattle, it's not necessarily like that, but what I really dove into, and it, and it sounds, some people may hear this and be like, well, yeah, duh, that's what you do. Um, it, I started taking clients to lunch more, like really in the last two to three years, like really being intentional about relationships. 
and really being intentional about spending time with them and having FaceTime with them to where it went beyond sending them a recipe card, which I've never done. <laughs> Did you no really send them a recipe card? I've never done no, that. No, I didn't. No, I'm kidding. I never. Okay, I mean, I don't know. Right. <laughs> How funny would that be? But they would be like, he doesn't even cook. Um, exactly. <laughs> No, it went, it went really from just like an email about Jeff's list that just sold or a happy birthday or whatever I've learned through like following on Facebook to intentionally being like, hey, let's go to a Mariners game or or, or that's our local baseball team, if you know. Um, here's two tickets to the game or here's two tickets to the Seahawks game. Um, and just being someone who they have to share my name with somebody else because I'm that a part of their life. And I'm not, not like stalker crazy or like overload. Right. But just yeah. intentional little times that, um, that makes sense and are organic and keeps that relationship alive. Just like you would do with anyone you want to spend time with. Yeah. So in the beginning it was, you were striving, you were doing all these systems. It was like, was it, was yeah. it, was it going to the beginning? Was it, you were afraid you were going to miss out on something or you're afraid it meant what, what was, what was driving the former behavior? Um, I, yeah, I think it was making sure I was doing everything possible to, um, uh, to be successful in, in what I thought was successful in the industry. And, and part of it was, um, you know, having kiddos at home, like I got yeah. mouths to feed, like I, there's no time to rest, um, you know, sleep when you're dead. And, and that is exhausting. And yeah. I well, it wasn't don't productive. think it's productive or sustainable. So there was that was like, wait, this isn't working and nor is it enjoyable. And then you right. flipped the script and you talked about how you realized I'm actually not a tour guide. There's being a salesperson is actually not a bad thing and very informative no. and useful. And pouring what you have into your clients and into your relationships yeah. and the impact of that. Let's look at the difference in your results and the impact of, of everything yeah. in the world from doing things differently. Yeah, 100 um, percent. It's my, I mean, production wise, I, I was hovering year after year, hovering like 25, 30, 35 million, um, which was awesome. I mean, I was finishing like top five and like, it was great. That was a lot here um, and contextual to, to have a good living. Um, and it's, it's just, it's blown it out of the water in the last few years. And um, it's put me in front of and, and had a seat at the table of some, with some people I didn't know um, that I would ever cross paths with. And By so just slowing down. Yeah, just slowing down. Uh, yeah, being intentional. Um, yeah, it's it's really it's really it's fun. It's and I guess that's in summary, it's it's made it a lot more funner, right? That's you've honed that's your word, craft. You've honed your craft and done something where you've got higher margins. But what did you say about fire? Oh, I um, no, I said it's it's funner. Oh, funner. Yeah, that's yeah, not just a, word. a made up word. So, right, uh, funner's yeah. fun. Yeah, fun or fun, but we're having we're having a crazy market here in Seattle right now, and I think a lot of markets are fire. Like, I mean, speaking of fire, I know the ATL is is crazy as well. Um, yeah, it is. I wanted to, I didn't want to have uh, this time end without like having some key takeaways for people. All right, and what I wanted to jump into with that is well, will you give us your why? Yeah, like the why behind the how. My the why behind said, why you became a real estate agent and how that all plays into this. And then you're going to give us the key takeaways. Well, you know, we're, we're kind of like, like Vegas or Palm Springs, our industry, like nobody is from here. Right. 
like very few of us graduated college and said, I'm going to go sling houses, right? I'm going to be a real estate agent. Um, and, and they like, do now, process. but they didn't did. when we got out of college. No. Well, and that's the thing. Like you, like senior agent, um, who's seasoned agent, I should say, like, watch out. Um, it's like, it's a, it's a get left behind if you're not careful. And I'm saying that as I, I am one, like I is you being 45, like I've got some, got some experience and I see some of the young guns coming up and I'm like, love it. Amazing. Yeah. Like go crush yeah. it, go crush it. So, um, yeah. So why did I get into it? Um, I think it ultimately was freedom. So context, it was post.com, like, uh, pre-recession, right? Um, everyone read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, Gary Keller's Millionaire Real Estate. Like that was the era to put it in context, like early 2000s, you know? Yeah. Um, and and I thought, you know, yes, this will be this will be freedom. Like, and I had a cushy government job at the time. I was a firefighter. And and I thought, okay, I can do this and be a firefighter at the same time. And I did that for a while. Um, and it was great. It was great. And then uh, decided, you know what? I'm having even more freedom um, owning my own business and being an entrepreneur and loving it. That I left um, after 14 years, left a, a a pretty cushy government job as a firefighter lieutenant, and yeah. um, and am doing this. And, and I'll never say I left that to do this full time. I was literally full time real estate, part time firefighter. It felt like if you looked at hours for hours before. Uh, so, so it's fun. I, I take a little bit of that into my business now where, you know, there, a bad day is different than a bad day in this profession. And so it, it kind of gives scale and context of really what's important. So totally perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. You could, you, you remember like in real estate, some of the silliest things like, or like you think somebody was dying and everybody's mind they are, but you actually dealt with that firsthand. You, they, I haven't heard from escrow. Wait, it's 10, 10 o'clock and you haven't heard from escrow. It's your escrow. Why haven't they called yet? You know, how many times have we heard that? I'm like, don't worry. They'll call yeah. you. I've worked with them for 15 years. They're amazing. Um, so, but yeah, we're, we're having a wild market here. So, so check this out. So, so last week I get a call. I was golfing in Palm Springs, right? And met with some of our colleagues and we'll talk more about that. But I get a call from a, a dear friend, friend, client friend who is friend before I got in the industry and um done multiple transactions since of course and and she says hey hey listen um a, a mutual friend of ours said their house on the lake is going on market two doors down and I said really no way so she goes I'm thinking about just door knocking I go absolutely you know perfect go go knock on a door uh meet the, so this meet is the a, this is a colleague or a client a client a client okay. yeah sorry to make it clear so so she goes knocks on the door meets the owners, great conversation. Owner says, well, we're putting it on market anyways. Fast forward two weeks later, it comes on market. Um, and our market is so hot. And she's like, Brian, I want this house. Like my husband and I, we want this so bad. I said, do you really want the house? She goes, yep. I said, okay, you gotta do some silly things. And she's like, what do I gotta do? I said, okay, so they're having an open house. You're gonna go to both open houses and you're gonna be there at the beginning and at the end. You're gonna open it and you're gonna close it. And you're gonna just hang. Like not just sit in a chair, but you're going to walk around. You're going to bring a gift for the owner. You're going to bring a gift for the agent. And it's going to come with a handwritten note. She's like, okay, 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 I'll do it. And she sent me a picture. Is this a good gift? It's like a little bag of chocolate with like a super sweet note. I'm like, absolutely perfect. So she goes to both open houses, um, <laughs> brings a gift to the agent. Yes. 
And in the meantime, I, like I've never met this agent and I'm blowing up the agent on, on email saying, hey, my client's going to come to the house. And he's like, yeah, I met her. She's great. So on and so forth. Fast forward, offer review period comes. There's five offers. Well, I get a call saying, hey, we think your buyer's the right buyer, but you guys are 25K under. Can you come up? And I said, 100%, 100%. And we ended up getting a house. And so it was, it was kind of silly. It was kind of corny. And a few other things went into it, but it was just keeping in touch with that agent, creating a, a relationship out of nowhere within like a four day period to where they're actually advocating for us saying, we want you to get the house now. Like we like you guys so much. You've made it so clear you want this house. Um, and, and luckily my, my buyer um, you know, played the game and now they are closing on a lake house, which they're so excited about. So. Well, you created the in that whole process you've got a seller who just wants the most money yeah but then they also think about like all their fears they don't want to lose the buyer they want the buyer who loves it so you create yeah. an experience and a memory for that seller totally totally and when he called me he said um he said you know you guys are 20 under they want you guys to get it though i said so does that mean we can just come up 10 and we'll, we'll be good <laughs> like jokingly and he's like nope you got to come up to 20 you got to match them i'm like no hey, problem be sure Good to be sure, but the key it's, it's really, people don't realize until buyers have gone out there and lost house after house, after house, after house, like it's, it's, you gotta know your market and how to play in your market. You gotta know the rules in your market and how to play by them or you will lose over and over again. I don't like, I don't like losing and, and neither do you. We, yeah. we don't lose much, do we? No, I don't, well, no. actually, yeah, you lose a, Stop. Lot. Stop. a lot. Of, it's all about your definition. There gotta be a lot of mistakes to learn from and to, yeah. you know, you gotta look at the problem if you want the solution, but yeah. look at the problem for the solution, not like just to be like, yeah, that's a problem. Like yeah. here's the problem, here's what we're dealing with. So here's a solution and here's how we win. Right, absolutely. Right. So, so that story aside, um, here's a couple other takeaways I think that have worked well for me in this year in general is it's all about relationship. And to unpack that in this context, Mm -hmm. is relationship with colleagues. So for instance, when I'm on the other end and I'm that listing agent, those other agents who took the time to show, show my listing, took the time to write the offer and who tried, they're going to get a thank you card from me. They are. They're going to get a thank you card because I won't. Yeah, all of them. Awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's super simple. It doesn't take that long. Plus my thank you cards, most of them are pre-printed so I can just write like a quick little hand note. And their logo and all that stuff. Dreamline so, systems right there. There's one of them. I knew totally. It so they get a thank you card. Um, and it. so, for instance, I also look and see, obviously, like knowing our market to have a gut feeling on a market, you have to watch the market, right? And know what's closed and what, what it sold for. And, and then I like to even see who sold it, like what agent sold it. And so, for instance, today I saw a, a great colleague who had a sale, like a record sale. I emailed them saying, hey, great sale. But it really, it comes down to that there's what, the, the 80, 20 year old, right? So, so we're, the, the busy ones are going to be the 20% to an 80% of the business. And so there's really only 20% active agents in my market that I need to know their name. That's the reality of it. I need to know their name and they need to know mine because when they get that listing, I want them to already know who I am. Even if they haven't worked with me per se or closed a deal they at least know who I am and can associate someone who's hardworking, who's going to follow through um, because they just want the deal to close. 
And so for me, that's a big win is to, to keep and grow those relationships with my colleagues, no matter what brand they're with. Well, and you want them to want to work with you, whether you're on the buyer totally. side or the listing yeah. side. That's like every, kind of everything, because it's even everything for your client. So it's these thank you cards. Well, first of all, what you just said is it's it's not just the what, it's the who and focusing on the right what's and the right who's. Yeah. Right things and the right people. And one of those things is your thank you cards. Yes. So these thank you cards you're sending to agents who come through and show your listings. What what's is they just pre-printed and you sign them or is it like a handwritten.com thing or what do you use? Um, no, I just get them from Express Docs. So my assistant just orders them and then you can do like a pre-templated message in there. Um, so I have a few different ones, like one's pre-templated for um, an introduction. One's pre-templated for a congratulations for a client that like they're kind of meant for for different things. Um, here, here's the reality of it. My handwriting is not that good. Uh, like, like I can do all caps for like three sentences and then I'm like, oh, and then you watch my handwriting, like it starts going up to the side. <laughs> like I'm Ron Burgundy. Like it just, yeah. So that works best for me. Right. I know. I'm still trying to figure out what to do because I'm the same. Like literally, so I can't read my own handwriting. It's like, yeah. <laughs> it's not pretty and tidy and it's actually not feminine at all for whatever reason. Yeah. What <laughs> it's are not some, big, like big so what are some, letters. Do you have any more, like, that's a great system you've got in place. Do you have any more systems or good tools you could share with us like that? Um, yeah, it's, I think it's also gotta be, so here's the thing, when you have a system and consistency, it, it keeps you from stressing out and allows you to go back to those places. Like I talked about of having a, a time of rest because you know, you've, you've done it, like you've executed. You know, and so for me, right, like what's going to come next? Yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. Right. Yeah. So for instance, um, just a couple, so typical things that happen in my day, like I'll get a call from either a friend or for one of us like within the brand saying hey i got a client wants to leave seattle or they want to move to seattle so immediately after that call that person gets make sure i have everything updated in my database for them through close right i add notes blah 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 all that stuff um and i'm not here to talk about crm we've already made that clear but um then what happens is it's an immediate thank you card or they're put on my list for thank you cards to be done like that friday or the next day as quick as possible, ideally. And, and that's it for that. Like, I don't feel like, did I do that? I know I did it. I know there's nothing else I need to do until the next step takes place. So like when the closing takes place, then they get like a, a, a bottle of wine, right? Or they get the gift mailed out, like the closing gift mailed out to the referee, right? Or to, whether that be one of us or a friend or a, a client. Like then, and that's it. I know that part's done. So if I can keep my systems in place, it, it, it allows me to focus on the cashier when I'm buying groceries. Like it's that simple. There's nothing more important I need to do at that time than to look at that cashier and say, thank you so much. I don't need to check my phone because I know everything's done. Well, it's the practice of being present in everything you do, because if you're not yeah. you're trying to only be present with your clients because you're prioritizing that because you're afraid of missing out on something, Right. You're not present with them either because it's about habits. You got to be in the yeah, habit. And did I tell you, I'm, I'm raising humans too. Oh, I have a 16 year old right? and a 12 and they, they each have these. Right. And so um, like, I mean, this is, this is the posture at home, you know, for them. Uh, right. And so like, I have to set the example and be present for them. 
Um, yes, and we have so moments true. like we're relaxing as a family where we're all on our devices, you know, like the American family in 2021 is to sit around a fire and everyone be on their own device. Like that's a great time now. <laughs> culturally Isn't now that crazy i'll tell you i don't know if it was COVID crazy or what, but we don't do yeah. that since covid we've totally. done that less but I don't, oh I don't, really less less yeah. because i don't feel like it's pulled to be everywhere and where am i not because there's kind of a more sense of patience and i also use covid because you're more systems oriented as opposed to me we've almost done a flip but i've created systems that you take for granted that you have in place so that I'm not reacting and panicked all the time, but I'm present, like to exactly your point, mm -hmm. to be to yeah. be present. So, have you ever told your kids like your your emergency doesn't dictate an emergency on my end? Like they, my they husband tells hate me that. that. Yeah. My husband tells me that. <laughs> now you can't right. say unless that to your unless clients, you're married to me. It's to rephrase that, yeah. Right. Yes, I I try to tell them that, but yeah, <laughs> I get reminded of that often. Somehow. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So yeah, those are just some some ideas on um, on just making your clients, enabling your clients to stand out, right? And and separating yourself from the pack. So then, even if your offer may not be the highest, like you got to be darn close to begin with, then you better have your offer written um, in a way that gets you to that podium, right? But to to go from the silver to the gold, I I think sometimes those things make a difference for me and and i hope they work for other people too so well let's see what you're saying how many times do, do buyers go in just to be the highest only to not really want the house to back out that doesn't yeah. do any justice to the buyer or the seller right right and i think buy. it's too is is creating trust with your clients to where they trust you to write that crazy ass offer right right to be able i, I had one recently where to put it in context it was um uh, sales price was 3.4 and we did a million dollars earnest and we made it non-refundable, non-refundable, um, like gone. So, I and released that. to the seller at mutual and, and the listing agents, like I've never seen a million dollars earnest money. And I said, I've never written a million dollar earnest money. Um, you know, some of our L LA colleagues may do that, right. Or, or different markets, but it stood out. It didn't cost my buyers anymore. They knew they were in it to win it. If they got it, they weren't going anywhere. It was a cash offer. It was closing in a week. Um, so, I, you know, to get in a position of trust with your clients to where you are the expert and they trust you no matter what it takes to get the house, even if it's crazy like that, I think is the other part of it. It's it's no longer where a, a seller or a buyer would say, um, yeah, we, we aren't going to release our money or we're not waiving inspection. And if you don't tell them that, hey, listen, the other 20 buyers, we're all going to waive their inspection. Well, and, and it's, yeah, you have to make sure that you put it in context. It's not just your crazy idea, but here's the market. And so exactly. then they begin to trust you with it. So you're not on your 15th home and now they get it. And now they're li well, now they're mad at you because you didn't tell them sooner. And here's like, if you get 15 offers with them, even so. Right. Right. Exactly. But to your point, especially when I'm talking to newer agents, I find, yeah. What you're saying the messages because a lot of agents will hear this and go well yeah you've been doing this for 18 years they trust you but i've but here's something up to your point is that yeah. when you're dealing with people make whatever number of years you have in it it's not how many years of experience you have it's where your intention lies is is my yeah. focus in my goal to get a deal is that right. anchoring? is what's anchoring my decisions 
is what's anchoring my decisions, the end result, whether I get a closing or not, or is what right. my decisions, whether my client is being best served or not. And totally. what is my client getting what they want? Totally. And all of a sudden when you're satisfied by that person being your anchor for what you're deciding is that they're getting the right thing, despite the reaction initially to you. It's yeah. amazing how quickly you get a deal on that rapport and trust is earned. Totally. Absolutely. Do what everybody 100%. is listening to yeah. you and knowing you as well. Is is that's how you make sure it's not, oh, my client's a jerk, he wouldn't do that, or people right. are too right. It's where are you? Back to you, time, focus, centered, self-aware. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. So we're going to do final three questions before they close this out. Let's do it. Before we do that, over your years in business, what do you, if you could sum up your biggest lesson learned, because I think that's where a lot of our conversations coming today is, look, I've been doing this for 20 years. I've figured this out. I figured I don't know anything, but I do know this. What is this? What is that biggest lesson learned? Um, biggest lesson learned is, well, uh, every, every trip we go on is a business trip. Every trip's a business trip. Um, my kids are used to it. They're, they're like, oh, you know, where'd dad go? Oh, he'll be back in an hour. Um, and I'm having coffee with like uh, either a colleague I know or a local agent who I haven't met with within the brand. And it's not like I'm, I'm oh, you know, missing time at that point, but it's setting aside time on each trip, no matter where we go to meet somebody in that market. Um, it's, it really stands out. It's really intentional. I love it when people do that here in Seattle. It makes me feel special as well. And I'm always excited to see our colleagues when they do that. Yeah. Um, I was just in Palm Springs last week. I met with a couple of our top brokers down there. Um, had a well, great time. Just on the show. Yeah, yeah, we went and looked we at the properties. Exactly, yeah, and they were up in Seattle a few weeks ago, which was, which was really fun. So making sure, every trip is a business trip. And then of course there's some tax uh, advantages of that too. Uh, but yeah, knowing the game, play the game, right? So, exactly. so that, that's been huge. Uh, it, it's also a lot of fun because well, I joined the brand in 14 because it's an international brand and we love travel. And that's truly part of this brand. I think a lot of our, our clients love travel as well and making sure you're out there uh, being known within the brand and meeting people and it's just, it makes it more fun too. Exactly. And did that is your biggest impact? Because I find it initially you might develop. Well, let me ask you, what's yeah. the impact of doing that, of meeting agents all over the country? What is the biggest benefit for you? Well, it kind of broadens your perspective too. Um, for me, it's, it's, um, it really gives me an understanding of the brand and really the depth we have with the people backing it because that's truly what it is. It is the people within the brand that makes it so special. Um, and that's, that's just been a huge win for me since joining is meeting so many fantastic brokers, so many people who are just personable, they're down to earth, they're real. They're just, they're real. Um, and they're, they, I think we, we live pretty open-handed in this brand. We draw big circles where, and we're, we're pretty inclusive. Um, it comes across maybe it's exclusive, but we're, we're very inclusive. Once you join the brand, it's like, welcome to the family. It's true. It's very true. So yeah. it, it, I think to, it's like initially people just think they're going to get the referral, but what you learn from other agents, like 
show me the people you five people you spend most of your time with and i'll show you who you are or your future i said so, that to my 16 year old he's like dad that doesn't mean crap i was like just wait, what? So, I just wait that's not true <laughs> but for a second i was like wait is he right i'm like no <laughs> wait you say that again i well when he said that i thought to myself wait is he right maybe it's not true and then i was like wait no no i was like bro no he called me bro the other day and i was like dude you can call me bro but hey your bro is not gonna put gas in your tank so you want to call me bro you're you're welcome to i'll, I'll take it oh, um I, but okay enough about raising kids I do the Here, same. My kids here's my second one second one is um okay show up okay here's what that means i can out negotiate the guy or the gal who's at home in sweats trying to put a deal together watch this like you're at home in sweats and i'm in my office I'm gonna win. It's just gonna happen. I'm gonna win. So show up, be present, um, get out of bed, right? Yeah. Get movement going. Uh, there, there's a lot of people I've talked to lately, a lot of friends and colleagues who are like, I just, I work from home. I don't like the noise of the office. All I do is drink coffee and eat donuts at the office. I'm like, yeah, but you're missing out though as well. You're missing out on the energy. You're missing out on, on getting out, going to a place. It doesn't have to be every day. But going going to work and getting suited up. Well, you're missing out on what like you know it's what's in your head and what's going on in that makes what goes out. And yeah. so you got to do things that change that. And yeah. I can see how many times like I'm like I'm doing something today because it's a gesture or it's whatever, and all the outcomes of the movement. Yeah. You said move. Yeah. You start your day move. So true. So true. All right now the final three questions. Question number yes, one yes. is. What do you think has been, or what would you say has been your best and biggest resource in your success? Best and best re biggest resource, I can even say it, in my success. Um, I would say it, it's, it's, uh, it's big brand, um, little me. And what I mean by that, it's, it's big SIR and little Hopper Group. Uh, that's it, like I, I wear it. Um, I have the t-shirts, I have the towels, I have the umbrellas, I have the wine glasses, um, and I give them away all the time. And I am very loud and proud about the brand. Um, and I'm not hiding behind like a Hopper Group logo. And that's, that's in the corner and that's my own brand. But the big brand is what people know. And that's what gains you the immediate trust. Exactly. It's a, what a great, it's just a great foundation. All right. So the brand, you and the brand, you and your association to the brand and delivering on yeah. that. Absolutely. Yeah. And owning it and not, and not um, thinking you like your standout is going to be, you have a fancy logo. That's basically your initials, like just in a swirl, right? That's or your my logo. Well, I mean, how dumb is it? Like you go to a marketing team and they're, and they're like, here's your logo. And it's like a circle with like your initials and i'm like i could have done that on a napkin how where's the value in that like i kind of like mine mine's kind of pretty <laughs> of course I mean, you do because we I love seeing our name like we love right. seeing our name on signs we we I mean, love seeing our name in print we, all, all that everybody stuff. else said they loved it too and i believe them <laughs> that's because they know you liked it exactly no, your logo is stunning exactly no, exactly i'm driving it's beautiful so next if there's a book that's changed your career, what would you say that is, or your life that we've, we we better read? Hmm. 
That's a good question. Um, well, like the cliche answer would be like dramatic pause, the Bible. You know, like in a I deep am voice. always waiting for that answer. Kevin Brown is the only other guy who gave that to me because he was a priest in his first career. So you career. have to deliver it like in a super deep, like breathy voice, you know? Um, right. And, and of course, like, it, when is somebody going to give me the Bible? Thank you. It would be the, the King James Kevin. Version, like the these and the thous. It, that's way more spiritual than like the new translations, right? Well, whoever um, hasn't read it, which a lot of us know, actually, a lot of people should read it because it's actually got some pretty, I need to reread it, but it's got some pretty good stuff in there. Pretty interesting stuff. It's just some pretty good stuff in there. Yeah, the exactly. Other than the Bible. Yeah. Um, so right now, I'm re yeah, I would say lately, I've, I, I mean, there's not one single one, honestly. I've, I've read a ton of different ones. Um, well, there really isn't. Three. Yeah, um, I would say this is a pretty good one. I really liked, uh, our, like who has their a book like on their desk that they actually, so Gary Keller's the one thing. Yeah. Um, so I was at Keller Williams for like eight years before uh, I saw the light. Uh, anyways, but yeah, great book. Yeah, I was there um, for so, like, seriously, way too much parallel. Let's go. Okay. Yeah, um, so anyway, what'd really you get from the Frederick one thing? I really like Frederick's book too, The Cell. Uh, okay, we're gonna slow really down. Good. First of all, the one thing, yeah. Gary Keller, what's the other one? Uh, the other one is uh, Frederick, Eklund's book, The Cell. The Cell. So the I, like, I've never watched his show, but the book was, it was really cool. Like some crazy cool stories in it. Um, yeah. And I just happened to have these on my desk. So uh, I don't oh, know so what the aren't really your favorites. Those just happen to be on the desk. I mean, they're, they're good enough to be sitting on my desk. Okay, good point. What I is mean, your- must be pretty good. What is your biggest takeaway from The One Thing by Gary Keller? Doing one thing. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Brian Harper's, um, no, Brian Harper's not interviewing Jerry Metcalf, but I do have a big one for that one. But what's yours? Do you really? Yeah, I'd love to hear it too. Um, I'd say the biggest thing for me, the biggest takeaway is just focusing on like what you are doing, like figure out, break it down to like two or three things um, and not make it like your, because in this business, right, we're, we're counselors first off, right? And then we're supposed to know about um, all different siding. And then we're supposed to know about every roof product and then how long those roof products last. And then we're supposed to know like how many amps are to this house. And when was this hot water heater built? Like how old's the furnace? What's the service? Um, we're supposed to know like so much stuff. <laughs> yeah. It can be exhausting. And so breaking it down to like a few things that you dominate in that you can look at someone in the eye and say, I'm an expert in this market. I'm your expert. Like I'm, I'm your real estate expert on your professional team. Thank you so much. And yeah. being like that confident, like that, that's the one thing you're that guy or gal, like you're, you are the expert. And to your point, talk about being able to be present and develop relationships and what you do when you do that. All the way. Oh, yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. So the other book, what's the, the cell, the S E L L for those, for most people actually listen to this show as opposed to watch it. So just yeah. saying so the cell what is your big takeaway on that one i didn't know the dude was so tall because i'd never really watched the show that was your takeaway like, i'm kidding he's like six eight so he, basketball. he is tall um no okay so my favorite part of that book was he comes out of this he like he flies to this listing appointment um which is kind of dope because i was like i need to fly somewhere to do a listing appointment i haven't yeah. done that yet like someone calls you and they're like yeah i'm in hawaii I want to listen. I'll be like, I'll be there tomorrow. I mean, how crazy cool would that be? It's like, babe, we're going to Hawaii. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, right. So was if he flying turn... because he was out of town and coming home to Willis Depot, or was he like flying to Hawaii to another market? No, he was like our. He was. He he told me he's like, yeah, I'm gonna be in the neighborhood, or I forget the exact story, but it was something like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm happy. Well, funny thing, I'll be there. And he's like, no, I wasn't, and just flew there, um, which I don't advocate uh, lying, of course, because it, we have far more important tools in our toolbox. But that said is he did the appointment and as soon as he walked out, it's like on the plane, right? He said, I drafted this whole reply. Um, that was awesome. He walked out of the meeting and had a save in his drafts and sent it. And, and the guy was like, you got the listing. Like, how did you reply so fast? And his point was just being so prepared that the, the moment you walk out, you've already got your reply prepared. You add a few, sprinkle in a few things that maybe were, were organic or contextual to the meeting you just had. But you're that quick of a follow up because if, if that person's interviewing three people and you're the one that's followed up that detailed, that quick, it stands out. So that was a big takeaway. So which goes back to where you started was find what's essential because you your capacity, you don't have a capacity to be that prepared for 20 listing appointments in a day. No, no, you don't. Absolutely. And that's when you need to obviously have have some help. So a raise your price point. Or raise your price point. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Hey, what a good talk. So good to see you. No, we have not done the final three, Ryan. Oh, that was number three. I'm trying to end it. So number three, question number three is, this is where I close you. Is of everything we've talked about today, if we forget everything and remember just one thing, what do you hope that is? I think be in summary, would be proud of like who you are. Be proud of what you do. Um, see yourself where you want to be. Like see yourself, visualize the success you're going to have. Visualize um, what that looks like. Like visualize walking out of your office, having won that negotiation. Um, visualize that sold strip on that sign. Like sounds cheesy, but like visualizing and seeing yourself where you want to be because otherwise like, you won't be there. Like, you have to see that because then the steps come and you go through that journey and the process to be there. Um, and then also realizing at some point too of, of having some satisfaction and enjoying some wins. So my, my little rule is like, I don't celebrate more than 24 hours and I, I won't get upset about a deal of more than 24 hours. Um, and, and, and moving on to the next one. So if you do have some step backs, seeing yourself successful, being proud of what you do, knowing that you're making a difference so have have and know your vision and don't be afraid to celebrate your successes along the way absolutely 100%. Brian, awesome brian with real logics sotheby's international realty in seattle thank you so much for coming on it's awesome to see you so good to see you yeah what a, what a great time thank you for having me thanks for listening to the jerry metcalf podcast where top real estate agents tell how they do it If you like this episode, please share it with friends. To find more episodes, search Jerry Metcalf Podcast on any platform for podcasts or go to jerrymetcalfpodcast.com. That's J-E-R-E-M-E-T-C-A-L-F podcast.com.